Hi everyone, this is Anthony Diaz, the host of the Pop Health Show, uh, CEO and founder of Health Hero as well. And uh, I got the um, the uh, fortitude of interviewing here uh, Matt Carls, and Matt Carls is a partner at Echo Health Ventures. So hope you like this episode as much as I love doing it. Um, Matt brings an interesting perspective from what's the difference between an investor and a strategic investor. So at Echo Health uh, Ventures, as he will uh, mention, uh, it's about doing investments uh, where it's not just $1, but being invested into a health tech startup, but uh, with the connections and the ability for them to be connected to different uh, uh, payers and you know, different providers in a different ecosystem that it can be, you know, sometimes one plus one equals five when it comes to investment. So um, he brings an interesting perspective you know, also talking about new health solutions towards the middle of the interview, he'll talk a little bit more about the efficacy of treatments and consumer-driven health, uh, not to mention the economics of care and how that's changing over the past few years. Um, also, you know, we're, we're in the middle of this fee-for-value transition, so Matt, with his perspective uh, from a strategic investment side, sees so many different opportunities and deals that, you know, he has a, he's a unique perspective that he, can, that he weighs in on. And so we're super uh, gracious to have him on the show. And, um, you know, he'll also talk about towards the end uh, a very interesting standpoint on, you know, discrete point solutions versus full platform solutions uh, and the ability for full platform solutions to be able to tell uh, someone about their whole personal well-being and actually how they're doing, how they're living, and how, they're, how their health is. So much more in this interview. Hope you enjoy it. Thanks so much. Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show. The show is for anyone that has a passion for making more than one person healthier in this world. Uh, clinicians, carriers, uh, if you run a CrossFit gym or maybe a yoga or meditation studio, uh, does that matter, uh, large or small? Um, this, is, this show is for you if you're interested in making more than one person healthy in this world or, or, driving account, or being accountable for it. Um, I'm really excited to have on the show today from Echo Health Ventures, Matt Carls. Um, Matt, welcome to the show, and um, love for you to give an intro of yourself and you know tell us your origin story. Sure, no, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Anthony. We uh, so I I am with a, a partner with Echo Health Ventures. Uh, Echo Health Ventures is a a uh, relatively recent creation. It's a strategic collaboration between Cambia Health Solutions and Mosaic Health Solutions, which each um, are long-standing established strategic investors, uh, both affiliated with companies that uh, own and operate Blue Cross Blue Shield health plans in the Pacific Northwest and on the East Coast. And um, we recently uh, we recently launched Echo to both manage the combined existing portfolio of of investments. Um, and we hope that which together comprise twenty two companies, um, and also to uh, on an ongoing basis invest uh, a new fresh allocation of capital uh, split between the two corporate parents. And so um, it's uh, it's exciting work. It's primarily a portfolio of, of uh, digital health and IT um, assets. And, um, you know, my personal history, I, I came out of the Cambia Health Solutions side and I started in healthcare about a decade ago um, from uh, a corp dev roles and innovation roles um, from uh, another Blue Cross Blue Shield health plan. 
Great, great. Well, Matt, um, yeah, definitely have some follow-up questions on, on um, you know, um, what you guys do specifically and, you know, obviously we're on the strategic investment side. But um, how did you find yourself in the theme of health? Um, was it was it a certain passion or some, um, you know, just, you know, was it more capitalistic or, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, people find themselves in the theme of health for various reasons. Yeah, no. So for me, it was, it was really, it was really kind of, uh, opportunistic. Um, I came out of business school, uh, in the middle of a financial crisis when, uh, most of the, the, the venture and, um, the venture investment banking and and high finance types of roles were, were being cut at, uh, the big firms. And uh, was able to uh, to land a corporate development opportunity with the the uh, the local blues plan, and at that point didn't have the passion for healthcare. Um, but it's funny you get into this business and you start to really see how um, how the work that you do, particularly with the scale of a large plan, um, really impacts a lot of lives quickly. And so the the passion just grew um, from there and, and into something that's much more sincere and uh, and, and it really is exciting. Yeah. No, that's great. That's great to hear. You know, uh, it, 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 it's interesting, you know, there's so many different sectors of, uh, investment and, you know, market growth. Um, you know, I know for me that the theme of health is, is probably one of the only ones that can really get me out of bed in the morning. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think AR and virtual reality is cool and, you know, everything in between, but, uh, no, that's, that's exciting to hear, and I totally totally agree, um, Matt. When you when you talk about strategic investment and obviously the thesis of Echo Health Ventures, um, for someone not aware of the value that a strategic investor can have, maybe you can dive a little bit deeper into what's the difference between a, a an investor and a strategic investor, and and you know what's the difference that makes the difference. Yeah, no, I appreciate the the question. So it. Um Corporate investors or strategic investors, when when done right, um, when you get access to people that have real insights, real network, um, a real understanding of of uh, market shifting forces, a real understanding of of the problems, um, those are the people who bring a lot more to the table than just capital, uh, you know, traditional financial advisors. If you're uh, investors, if you're a startup or a management team um, seeking to raise, you can get money anywhere. And it, and there's a lot of folks that are willing to, a lot of really smart folks who are willing to write checks. And, um, and in a lot of industries, having strategic insights or access to networks or understandings of kind of how the sausage is made um, is not that big of a differentiator. But when you come into healthcare, um, and especially if you come in expecting to be able to compete or to disrupt um, a, a market that is so incredibly broken and yet entrenched and, and established, you can't um, you can't do that without a, at least an understanding and a certain amount of respect for how how those gears work behind the scenes. Um, and I think that it's it's a, if you look kind of uh, pattern recognition, you see a lot of uh, really really sharp entrepreneurs coming in from outside of healthcare come in from consumer internet or telecommunications or, or other tech. And, um, and they really struggle when they get in there because, you know, really nuanced things about who the payers and providers are and how reimbursement actually works or, or the limitations about data and how it's shared or, or, um, or the various different incentive schemes. Those things, those things really um, have a, make a profound difference. 
And, um, and that's where we really feel and, um, that we have a lot more to offer in certain, certain instances because of the resources that we bring to bear for, for our companies. And because, you know, and this isn't about claiming to be the smartest people in the room by any means, but just by having the scars, having been there and, and understanding again, some of those really nuanced, um, things that's, that's something that, um, that can be a differentiator for uh, for a company that's that needs more than just cash, right? Interesting, interesting. No, I think that helps with uh, you know. Definitely, I know our listeners are you know very keen and uh, you know some come from entrepreneurial uh, worlds, and, and that that helps clarify. Um, Matt, when you're looking at trends or, or themes that have you excited these days in healthcare, can you elaborate on on any that? you know, have got you really excited. Obviously it's like, it seems like every day now there's the rate of change in healthcare. It's like now they're talking about, you know, an unraveling of the different mergers of the carriers and you're, you know, the, the CRISPR ruling was just ruled for Harvard and MIT yeah, and not for UC Berkeley. And, you know, you have, uh, oh, and then you have Magic Leap on the augmented reality side that might not be as advanced as like a hollow, you know, so it's such, such a full spectrum of innovations in healthcare. Any one or two that have you excited these days? Yeah, I mean, so, you know, if we we look and first say, you know, on the hard science front, there are incredible innovations being made uh, that will radically transform the efficacy of treatments that um, that are made available and the way that the way that um, the, the range of different options and, and, you know, what people people won't die of the things that they die of today. Um, you know, in, in the even near future. And so a lot of that's very exciting. But, you know, what we focus on at Echo, and, and I, I personally think is, is almost, you know, is certainly just as interesting is around the consumerism trends as data becomes more, more publicly available and you put it in the hands of individuals and families in a way that they can actually make some sense out of. And I think as you start to see healthcare, you know, slowly dragged in toward the realm of how you interact with it, um, being similar on par with how you today already interact with, um, you know, every other aspect and vendor in your life. And, and what I mean by that is, is just, you know, today you're very accustomed to pulling out your phone and being able to do things that 20 years ago, you know, you would have thought um, you would have relied on an expert to do. People book their own flights instead of working with travel agents. They, they handle their own individual wealth management portfolios. Um, invest their own stocks as opposed to going to brokers, and so those those relationships become more transactional or or, or based on relationships. And I think that um, we're finally getting to a place where individuals and families have the information required, or are getting to that point uh, to to self direct a greater share of their own care. And along with those come more innovative ways for people to to deal with things like the financial side of it. And um, and I think that those those are all really really huge. And so we're we're very interested in um, promoting freeing up the data and um, and putting those those tools in the hands of consumers. No, that's that's great. Um, in terms of you know consumerization of healthcare and, and healthcare experiences, you you have uh, you know new experiences out like you know Apple Health or you know Epic My Charts. Like now, if you know your hospital's on Epic, you can get access, log into the app and see kind of what's going on there, get your results. Or, you know, some other contrast are, you know, not so much in the healthcare world, but, um, you know, like MyFitnessPal, you can track your fit, your, your fitness and, and your nutrition. Are, are there any specific consumerization type experiences 
that you can speak about that um, are pretty interesting that you think that are, are starting to have some merit? Yeah, I think that, you know, probably just navigating where to go and to, mm-hmm. to seek a general sense of health mm-hmm. or, or, you know, specific acuter episode. So it's, those are, those are the things that I think are going to be, that's, that's where the biggest, you know, I'd say, uh, gap is today. Today, you know, I, so great example, I've worked for a health plan or for corporate arms of health plans, you know, for over a decade. And yet if I go and twist my ankle right now, um, out on the sidewalk, I don't feel like I have a great understanding to the economic or care implications of going to an emergency room or an urgent care or calling my PCP. And I think that, you know, these are the types of things, decisions that um, families are met with every day. And people don't, the way that that plans are structured today and the way that people, um, it's have basically still a free for all for trying to, for trying to navigate care and figure out where, where they're supposed to go and what the the implications are to themselves. I mean, it's still, that's still such a mess. And so those are the, and those are the types of decisions that people have to make every day. I think on the other side, things like, um, Things like MyFitnessPal and the Epic MyCharts, all of those are discrete point solutions that help give people um, an individual sliver of their care or their their overall health or their activities at any one point in time. But right now, we're still missing the types of platform that give us a holistic view about just how a person is doing. And so, you know, you ask a person, how healthy are you? They're, they're apt to give you, um, you know, in a lot of ways, cases, really interesting self-assessments that may not match reality. Um, and so I think that what, what I'm looking forward to trend-wise in the future is, you know, as you're able to link these things together, being able to have, whether it's a doctor or a coach um, be, or, or some intelligence in the background, um, be able to come back to very specific um, interventions and actions um, that can help, help guide a person um, for what you know what care they should be seeking what different maintenance things they should be seeking what activity based things they should be seeking and then also help them as they navigate through the kind of complex maze of which providers which decisions etc no that that's tremendous yeah no i pre- i appreciate that and you, you touched upon one element which is uh you know the economics and you know how what's the association between um you know, what to do with one's care and how that, that the economics of, of that impacts the system. Um, Matt, you know, it feels like we're in a time where a lot of change is happening with even the economics on how episodic conditions are being treated. Obviously, you know, you've got macro and backpack that are ushering in a massive fee-for-value shift, right? So moving from a kind of a broken service model to a value-based one. Um, do you see some major opportunities with that shift? And um, maybe you can speak a little bit about. It. I know some of our listeners may not be as familiar with the massive changes that are happening there, but um, just love, love your thoughts on it. Yeah, and I think that I think that these are I think that these are huge initiatives that get us toward um, toward an outcomes you know a value based world that really significantly change up um, physician reimbursement and um, and system reimbursement in a in a massive way that on the whole i think is is um is extremely valuable it's it's only possible because of the advances in technology that will allow things like referral management population health management tools uh decision support um to enable it um i think that what's going to be um 
I think that the the world that we're going to get to, I think it, there's going to be, it's going to be bumpy. I think that there's going to be um, kind of a a chasm that uh, that that everyone's going to have to kind of jump across as you're trying to get off of a fee for service system into this fee for value and get get the incentives aligned. Um, but I think what's you know what what will still have to be taken into account that I think probably lags the most are, are, you know, what the consumer experience end of that looks like. So, you know, with macro, for instance, you have, you know, changes how, how the physician reimbursement works, but people aren't familiar with that acronym. They don't, they're not accustomed to, um, until they go to their PCPs office, you know, um, understanding how that, how that impacts them. And, um, and I think it's going to end up, but I think that those, those types of kind of, um, early kind of fee for value shift enablers are going to help enable different types of plan designs and things like that later on downstream. I think that people will, will have their employers coming to them saying, listen, now that we have, um, now that we have these types of value-based plans, you're going to see, um, the 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 traditional consumer driven health plans shift and be driven by something where people actually have the price sensitivity um mm. and uh that that's when i think a lot of this stuff is going to become a lot more effective yeah yeah no i agree i th i think uh yeah definitely you know having that visible and having you know kind of like a fixed pricing and you know some penalties for not getting quality right um you know, it starts to make sense. You know, obviously most industries, you know, had this from the get-go, um, naturally speaking, but it, I guess, uh, United States, uh, healthcare system didn't have that fortitude from the, from the very, the yeah. very beginning, but, uh, it feels like the, the ship is being, you know, definitely corrected in, in the right economic way. Um, yeah, but like what I mean I on that case, yeah, let me just yeah, back up yeah, what I sure. mean in that case. So it was like, you have, you know, so, so macro and bundled payments and all, all of these things will shift the way that things are, um, are packaged, um, that affects the supply side, but on the demand mm -hmm. side, individuals, all they know is that they need a new, uh, you know, they need a hip replacement or mm. they have some orthopedic procedure or some cardiac procedure or, or whatever. And they know that their PCP referred them to somebody and it's the doctor that they've trusted forever. Or maybe it's the person that got the five stars on the, on the website that they happen to look at. And it looks like the other one got four stars, and, but right, you know, but still nobody gives them a binding quote. Like if you go in and I, you know, I call and I say, I need, I need new brakes on my car. Tell me how much it's going to cost. And I call around to four places and, um, and I have some way of gauging the actual relative quality and what's going to happen to me afterwards or gauge, gauge experience. And so what I'm saying is that the, the trailing piece of this is how consumers react to it. And how employers then come back or, or payers come back and say, you have, um, you have, instead of having a high deductible plan where once you hit your deductible and now you're just in kind of copay land, that you're only sensitive to that, that kind of incremental minority case amount. And so really it, you know, there, it matters less plans will end up shifting to a place where they say, I, your, your plan gets you, you know, we think that this for a variety of reasons is the best value and here's what we cover and here's the economic impact to that. And by the way, if you want to go and make a different decision than that, if you want to go to the doctor whose name that you trust, because, you know, it's a friend who told you about it or some other place that if you want to make a different decision here, here are the economic implications of that. If you're willing to travel and go to some other, you know, a center of excellence, that's, that's kind of pre-vetted, then, you know, here's an economic incentive for you to do so. Or if you want to go stay out of network or go down an original path, someone who's not participating, um, in, in, you know, some of the, 
the performance networks or bundles, then, you know, here's the penalty and you're, you're going to make up the difference and things like that. Mm. And, um, and the, again, you know, don't underestimate how, how these other bizarre things that be, that are part of the consumer experience really dramatically impact that. And you'll start to see, um, you'll start to see the health plans and you'll start to see the providers shift. And it's, you know, it's the kind of things like when, when people are talking about HCAP scores and all this, you know, being in the hospital, you have, um, all of a sudden hospital cafeteria food matters enough that hospital CFOs are calling up and making sure that there's a Starbucks in the lobby and that there's really great food options because that seems, you know, that's the thing that a consumer can actually perceive as opposed to whether or not dirty instruments were used, you know, mm. and it's an extreme example, but. Yeah, no, this helps out a ton, Matt. I mean, I, I think, I think you, you just codified, you know, uh, uh, the mind shift, you know, that's happening, you know, from the different dimensions, from the patient, the hospital administration. Um, and, and it's tremendous. Yeah. And it feels like it's happening pretty, pretty fast. Um, yeah. yeah um, Matt, I, I want to be sensitive uh, to time. And I know with uh, these episodes, we, um, we keep them short, quick and punchy, and hopefully our listeners can take away two or three tidbits. I think you, you've given us some perspective on um, the strategic value of, of strategic investors, obviously, um, you know, kind of giving a sense of, of the new world, the consumerization of healthcare, and on the economic side, a, a question that I like to kind of end off with on on episodes is, uh, what's what's something that you believe that other people may view as insane, or said another way, what's something that you believe that has not yet been proven? I, uh, well, I think you know, in general, like when I, when I look at thematically, uh, I think that. The, the most underserved pieces to our, our kind of overall health system right now are around behavioral health and, and nutrition. And I think that, that those are the, the big components that we'll be talking about next. And, and um, the same way that we're, we have employers promoting and providing wellness programs, and we have PCPs trying to build more holistic experiences, um, you know, that touch other aspects of their lives. I think that what we have to come to come to grips with um, as a country is the the dramatic um, the dramatic impact of kind of the shift away from true nutrition um, and and how we're eating. Um, I heard uh, I heard Lisa Soonan speak, um, who heads up uh, GE Ventures Healthcare Practice um, at J.P. Morgan a few weeks ago, and she was saying like. Like, how can healthcare providers or, or payers or employers possibly compete with, um, in their limited amount of a sliver of attention, the massive, you know, ads for processed foods and, and uh, in kind of the Americanized portions of, of things? Um, and so I think that that's, that's something that will start to get a lot more attention and, and um, you'll start to see uh, addressed more proactively, even, even by providers and, um, and by, uh, by, by employers and payers. And I think that uh, on the other side, getting people um, not not just behavioral health and mental health interventions, but I would say long term kind of long term assessments and and getting people to talk to um, coaches and, and and alternatives to the traditional psychiatry um, and licensed psychologists. I think that that that's going to open up huge networks, and I think that uh, advances in technology like like AI will play a huge huge role in uh, making that happen mm. and I don't, I don't know how how crazy either of those two are but uh, but i think both are necessary. 
No, that's that's huge. Uh, you know, I just on a nutrition piece alone. I mean, I think you hit on something super massive. It, it's like you got trillions of dollars in advertising on, you know, things that really aren't food, but true, you know, true nutrition, yeah. true food isn't really advertised. And uh, the coaching piece, you know, you, you know, health is really human. It's about habits and rituals, and uh, and obviously the convergence of that um, or overlap with uh, you know the big trend of artificial intelligence is just. It seems like it's compounding, and there's probably an, a, a level of augmentation there for for people in the in the coaching um, you know world. But uh, uh, Matt, this was great. I'm sure we can we can continue on. Love to have you back on the show, and maybe we can dive in uh, a, you know a different uh, thesis. Uh, but um, what's a good way for our listeners to get a hold of you socially or directly, if that's something you would like? Sure, absolutely. I mean, anyone is welcome to to reach out uh, either through our through our website or I'm just matt.carls, K-A-R-L-S at echohealthventures.com uh, um, uh, at Captain EBITDA on, uh, on Twitter and all of that information, like I said, is all available through the website. So I'm uh, accessible through a variety of channels. Awesome, awesome. Matt, so great to have you on the show. And um, yeah, this was great. And uh, to our listeners out there, again, this is uh, probably episode 19, 20, or 21, one of those. Um, again, Pop Health Show. Uh, so for anyone interested in making their own health uh, journey, thank you.